I didn't bring my ukulele. You're just gonna have to put a song in front. <laughs> just play three chords and we'll use it as the opening for this one. <laughs> Beautiful. Stunning. It's so music- ominous. <laughs> uh, it is. What a way to kick off coming back. What a way. Hi, I'm Kate, the one who is finally out of quarantine again. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm Jude, the one who is putting the terrific into transgender. And this is Friends Through Hobbies, again, a podcast where we try new niche hobbies every so often when we can and feel like it and it works. (laughs) You know what? I feel like the one thing that COVID has taught us is that time isn't real (laughs) and that sometimes a month can feel like a minute and that's just the way the world works. It's been two months since we recorded, actually. I mean, it's been a month. Yes. Hello. We are back. Um, We missed you. We took an impromptu hiatus. <laughs> a mental health break, one might say. Yes. And it was one of those things that we, Jude was coming to visit and we were like, oh, we're going to like nail so a bunch of hobbies. We're going to do it. Jude brought his microphone with him. And then we just didn't. And then all of a sudden it was a, like weeks. <laughs> we just had a lovely time together, drank yes. a lot, you know, enjoyed the world. Caitlin turned another year around the sun. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah, Jude's visit was really great. Um, he came around like June 15th. So when he arrived, we were still in our COVID restrictions. Then as if you are also living in British Columbia, you know that July 1st, we really changed the restrictions. I live in Kelowna. So now the restrictions are back again. Ha ha. I live in Vancouver and there are still no restrictions. For now. For now. But yeah, Jude's was fun. We did some wine t- touring on Father's Day. We took our dad wine tasting. Um, yeah. We watched a lot of horror movies. And the one I've noticed here is the Hell House series, which I believe is on Amazon. I think so. It was amazing. Yeah, it's like, this is not giving anything away. The premise is this group of friends are opening a haunted house together. Yep. And like like a like a Halloween, like, attraction haunted house and they mm. purchase an actual haunted house and then obviously things go a bit Lord. wild i was gonna say it's fantastic though because of that like mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if they use like cheap props it made sense because it was a haunted house mm-hmm. and then it made it like things were scary like they were that much more scary because you were still you were like lulled into a false sense of security fantastic and the, this also isn't a spoiler at all where there are like clown props in the haunted house and one of the costumes the clown <laughs> wears jude literally owns it's like the a ba- exact same one it's like a bag like evil clown costume yeah which makes it that much more terrifying absolutely and yeah it's the perfect like exactly like jude said they have cheap props and it makes sense and yeah. they aren't trying, like, I find, you know, sometimes those lower budget horror movies, they try to do too much, like, with um, special effects or, like, kind of really, like, and you're like, this is so, this is ruining everything for me. I mean, it's what, part of the reasons yeah. why the Blair Witch Project still holds up, because they didn't need to use any props that you can yeah. see outside of, like, twigs. Like, there was no monster at the end. And that's what, A, date scary movies really quickly, and even when they come out sometimes, you're just like, oh. This is not. This- like, the new Blair Witch. Yes. <laughs> Just terrible. Very perfect example. <laughs> Just terrible. Oh, it was bad. Good horror is built up through like, yeah, tension and stuff like that. And like, I'm not saying there should never be like a cool effects monster. Like, I think mm-hmm. the like the thing, the original thing, is a great example of 
practical special effects being used because that movie still does hold up. There's a couple of scenes. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say there's a couple of scenes where like it's a little bit like they do a lot of good job like hiding it with like silhouette work and like they use lighting they're aware that these aren't 100% believable so like they build that out it's very true so um anyway <laughs> 10 out of 10 to Hellhouse for not trying that yeah great job there's three movies the first two are absolutely fantastic the third one hey it's the third one but it still has legitimately scary moments and it does that thing where like your eyes are constantly looking for everything which just keeps you really like engaged and anticipated yeah would recommend watching with someone else like i just think it made it more fun and we had some drinks and some popcorn and watched it and we had a great time so because it's been two months we figured we would each run through like a couple things that are new we're not going to just like dissect the last two months in like intense detail well you're fine I put five new things each in our notes and Jude has six because he doesn't like to follow the rules. Uh, <laughs> no. So quick rundown of my last two months. First of all, in Kelowna, we had an insane heat wave in all of British Columbia, actually. Jude yeah. actually happened to be visiting when that happened. And it was like 44 degrees multiple days in a row. If you're not familiar, Kelowna is like the one of the hotter places in British Columbia. But like... <laughs> A day at 40 is kind of what we were used to. But we were hitting, and this was in June. It wasn't even July or August, it was in June. And our lake, Okanagan Lake, is super, super deep. Mm-hmm. And it's normally really cold until August. In June, it was like almost like a bathtub. Oh, yeah. It was like you would not feel, you walk into it and you're like, this feels the same as the air. It was super weird. And then at one point, the air outside was actually because your body temperature is 37 so yeah. if it's 44 degrees outside the air is warmer than your body temperature which is weird yeah i've but also true. never experienced uh, feeling air enter my lungs because it is warmer than my body yeah it was that very was, weird oh. the downside i mean it was kind of fun because we went to the beach and stuff the downside is though that now British Columbia is rampant with forest fires Fuck fire today was the first day in we have no fires like in Kelowna and where I live I live in the middle of the city so I knock on wood am relatively safe from forest fires I would like to think um but the smoke from all the fires comes blows into Kelowna so today was the first time we had blue sky and I think 10 days of any significance because it's just been so smoky which is fun because the effects of smoke inhalation from the forest fires is very similar to the symptoms of COVID so you're like "Mm, smoke or COVID is everything okay what's happening as you mentioned on the top, I also had a birthday. I turned 31. My birthday is July 4th. So it was right after the restrictions lifted. So we were able to have a barbecue at our house with all our friends for the first time in like over a year. And um, now we can't do it again because the restrictions in Kelowna are back. But it was super fun. Jude was here. We had a really great time. We went to drag brunch the next morning, so which fun. was super fun. Friends of Dorothy, Ella and Simma were the two drag queens. They're wonderful. Um, and then after my birthday, so Jude was here for what, three weeks, two weeks, yeah. three weeks, two and a half weeks. So then Jude left and we had a couple days and then we basically had solid visitors till the end of July. Um, so our cousin came to visit and then my uh, really good friend from high school, who I don't think listens, but just in case, hello, Abuck. her and her new boyfriend, who I'm sure is soon to be fiance, came to visit. She's one of the few people who came to visit me in Prince George. So I lived in Prince George, almost no one visited. And then when I went to Kelowna, right? And when you live in Kelowna, it's a joke with people who live here. Everyone comes to visit you because it is like Canadian Hawaii, basically. So, but it was the first time she came to visit. We had a super fun time. 
she was like my party friend in high school and I wasn't sure we haven't seen each other in a couple years mm-hmm. wasn't sure how it would go and I guess she said the same thing to her boyfriend but yeah no one night we were out until like three in the morning heck yeah it was super fun and I loved it and then after she left my mother-in-law came hi Liz Liz came for a week it was super nice to have her here we had such a good time and then Liz left one morning then Dan's aunt and uncle came and they stayed for a night and then luckily they all they left that night my boss was exposed to COVID the next day I saw him and that's why I've been on quarantine so as much as it was a bummer to be exposed to COVID it worked out well because it was after all our visitors um and I am double vaccinated that also happened so I didn't I tested negative everyone else tested negative my boss was also double vaccinated but it was like a pretty intense exposure I guess he was like standing like in like the air was blowing on the person who's positive and then blowing into his face based on how the the air circulation in the room was so that's why he thinks he got it but he's super mild he's out of quarantine tomorrow um he just has had some congestion but like I said it's the same that we've all had with the fires so that was super exciting and my last note I have decided to revamp my wardrobe and I found this thing on TikTok and I sent it to you dude or on Instagram no on Instagram where it was like no it's TikTok we'll share it on our TikTok I guess maybe but it was like I feel like all of us millennials are basically like have given up on trends and are just like dressing like the cool teenagers we always wanted to be so that's yeah. the vibe I'm, I've decided I'm now going with so I ordered some like moto leather leggings and I ordered this like rose gold moto jacket which I'm so excited to get and yeah, I'm just like, you know, I haven't like, lo- like my word has been sort of like, oh, this works for work mm-hmm. for so long. And when I worked at the winery, like I, my clothes would get wrecked because I'd have to like move pallets around and like they'd get ripped and whatever. So now that I don't have to do that anymore and I, my job is a more fun with like events and I, there is basically no like dress code in my office other than wear clothes. Yeah, I'm excited to mix it up and try some new stuff and yeah, I gotta say, I'm living for this dark lip you have right now. It is very, uh, it's gonna be very Faith from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, thank you. I just, Ooh. I wanted to do something fun for our return, and I can't wear a tiara while we record because of my headphones, which That's is a travesty. <gasps> I bet they make headphones that have a tiara built in. I should look. You could also just get, like, AirPods or something. Oh, yeah, I could do that, too. Yeah. All right, Jude. Tell us six things about you because well, one of them is like an overlap. Okay, I visited Kate. Obviously, it was fabulous. Literally, uh, so what we've been waiting for a long time was the province to lift the restriction on traveling like inter areas. So like the Lower Mainland, the Interior, Northern, blah blah blah, um, for recreational. So the day after, no, the day after, the day of, is one or the other, um, which was a Wednesday. Our mother showed up at my place, picked me up, and showed me, like, the minute that she could, she came and picked me up, yes. and then I was in Kelowna for, an un, like, an indeterminable amount of time, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was lovely, uh, and I got to, it was actually fantastic, because I was very stressed at work, as always, but it was a lovely time, and then eventually our father, who, he went fishing, so I, so I drove back down to the city then, and I am, you know, yes? quick anecdote about your visit so Jude is like kind of important at his job now and so he's like gets stressed at work but sometimes he would take meetings like in the downstairs area and so if he wasn't like actively in a call I would like walk by and like pat him on the top of the head which I've done like his whole life and so Jude was like it's like really nice when you're like I'm like have a stressful meeting and I'm like dude and then you like come and like pat me on the head and I feel like (laughs) 
the little brother again and I was like oh it's so cute <laughs> it, it is it was nice occasionally because like I sometimes I just get very like serious and stressed yes <laughs> and it has a look and I know it well <laughs> so <laughs> pat, pat, everything's fine it was very nice I know I went on a huge another point is I went on a huge Poshmark madness sprint so I got I now own four novelty purses. Oh yeah, Jude's novelty purse thing is out of control. It's out of control. I haven't gotten any more you, since I you came You should back. post a picture at some point of them because it is it's out of sight control. to behold. I also got some fabulous shorter rolls from Torrid though. Torrid, if you're listening, my God, continue to make shorter rolls. They are the perfect length. Because so often when I get shorter rolls from somewhere else, they're like, did you want a three inch shorter roll? And I'm like, no, I wanted like to, like, to at least like mid thigh. I, I really just want them because they're comfortable. Don't want my butt to eat them. Yeah, I want to like look cute and like springy and not like, you know, too hoey, which is something that I have another jumpsuit for. And it's, uh, oh, we've heard about the jumpsuit before. Those jumpsuits, yes. That was a great outfit. I also like made such a huge mistake when I was visiting Kate. I bought like some pants. And, oh, like, yeah. And like multiple pants. Like I was going to be like, I was going for a regular June in Kelowna. So a few shorts. And then most of my formal clothes was like longer pants and longer shirts. Uh, that was a huge mistake. The one time we went out to a family dinner, I wore flares, like <laughs> style flares with a... Um, oh, we went to a very fancy restaurant, that's right. Very fancy. And it was so hot. And I was just sitting there sweating. sweating. <laughs> I was sweating in a dress, so I can only imagine how hot you were. It was just like, uh, it was unattractive. There's a certain level. I, I want to know what the, the appropriate formal wear is for hot weather. Do you just have to adjust to it, like to hot weather? Or like, what is the... Linen. I want to get linen sheets though. That was the other thing that I'm looking me at. Me too. Maison Tees, Maison Tess. Mom recommended it Maison to me. Maison Tess, yeah. Oh, they have this amber sheet color, and it is like the most vibrant orange yellow. I'm obsessed because I want to. Oh, would. I want to paint my room black, and it's like black with like a super like vibrant. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. So- as I said earlier about people like dressing like the teenager they want to be, Jude is decorating his room like you wanted to as a teenager. Because yeah. Jude wanted to paint his room black so badly, mom and dad were like, absolutely not. And Never. here we are. Here we are. I also, because things are a little bit better in Vancouver right now, I was able to go to a pottery class last weekend through O Studios. Uh, and it's a super cool thing. It's called Form to Function. And it's making um, a bimibop bowl. So like Korean food, I'm so sorry I'm butchering it every time. It's just, it's too many fun, it's too many B syllables in a row. Yeah. Um, but like, so we made it, we put down what glaze we wanted. So I went for a matte black glaze. Love. And now tomorrow we're going to go in. And so the person who ran it, she's fired it and glazed it for us. And then she's going to serve us the bimbap in our bowls. <gasps> Isn't that so cute? And I just love home. that. Right? Oh, uh, besides that back on my Animal Crossing stuff because love a good Animal Crossing and I've started going back to my favorite movie theater and I know what you're thinking movie theater is terrifying but I love the Cinematheque on House Street in Vancouver it is a little out art house studio they are a not-for-profit um and they do like they are apart from each other there is like alternating rows of people uh the row that doesn't have anybody in it they've actually removed some of the seats so if you need to use the washroom you can exit through one of these sort of holes so you'll never actually go in front of anybody or should be close Ooh, to them at all. Love so that. So good. Because then yeah. I saw Gwen in the Green Knight this last weekend at, a, at uh, just a regular Silver City and it was packed with people and you are not far away from people. And I was like, after like that, that experience a few times of the Cinematheque, I was like, this is unacceptable. Yeah. So I 
been watching a ton of Fellini movies, which is this Italian art house director who clearly yeah. has a lot of issues with women. But great films. They're like two and a half hours. So honestly, set some time aside if you want to watch them. I've been having a great time with that. And besides that, right now, I'm staring at Caitlin without glasses in front of my face for the first time in years because I went and got contacts today. Which is very weird. Because do you know how old are you you had glasses? Like 12? Grade 9. Grade 9. So 14? 14. 13, so 14. When Jude was younger, he wished to have glasses. And I then his like, wish Mom. came true. Yeah, That's so funny. Oh, I loved Mom's glasses growing up. And I was like, yeah. And then I had them. Like, this is the best. And now I'm like, years later, I'm like, don't worry, when you're old, you'll get them too. So you're getting closer every day. I'm confident by the time I'm old enough to need glasses, they'll have fixed that. They'll have fixed eyes? They'll have made laser eye surgery for that. Because right now, I don't think you can get laser eye surgery for that. Okay. For the old, getting old. Interesting. Oh, and one more thing before we continue. Um, the Olympics are currently on. Do you, oh, yeah. Are you watching them at all? I uh, I've been watch- <laughs> watching the TikTok of like the American rugby girl, I- Iona. Mm. big queer energy living that life basically i follow tiktok is showing me the all the queer olympians out there and i'm like yes women won gold too yeah Mm -hmm. it's been good yeah the canadians are kind of crushing this year which is unexpected for us in a winter olympics or a summer olympics i mean and yeah i watched the women's row the women's sevens rowing team win which was like so cute loved it and yeah, today, yeah, the women's, this morning, the women's soccer won gold, which was yeah. super cool. Yeah, this one is really interesting. And on the women's soccer team, there is a transgender um, non-binary member of the team, Quinn. So love that. So I love, maybe it's just the coverage I'm watching, but like loving the like, yeah. you know, the LGBTQ representation in the Olympics. So like openly, I know, I mean, I read some things about in Russia that the coverage was not positive which is unfortunate but you know what i'm happy that ever else it was and we can only control we can't control russia it's a bit of a wild west out there so no no no. happy in canada we have this positivity and that all these good things are happening and yeah it's been it's been cool loving it loving it loving it listening it and also before we get into the hobby we have a quick format update for you all so like many things this is always evolving and obviously we had a, a huge break and so we had a meeting last week where we we're like what are we gonna do what's Poor happening we we're paying for this website do we still need it what's going on and we both we missed the podcast we missed this experience yeah so we have a new format that we're going to so we are going to stay to our bi-weekly format for now but instead of it being a different hobby every episode we're gonna do two episodes per hobby yeah. So essentially it will be one hobby per month. So it gives us a chance to really dig into it. What we were both finding is that once we would kind of rush through the hobby and then we would record the episode and like, oh my gosh, now that we've talked about the history and what it is and like tips or whatever, now it makes you really want to do it more. So we're going to split it up. So <laughs> the first episode, which today is, of the hobby we're going to get into that you saw when you clicked yes to this episode. This episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the background, about the history, about what it is, what you need to get started, some tips. And then we're going to take the next two weeks to do it. And then we'll do another episode in two weeks. We're going to talk about how it went, what we did, any recommendations we have, whether or not the tips were complete BS or we yeah. <laughs> loved them. 
and then occasionally there will be a bonus episode or a special episode depending on like what's going on and how we're feeling and like i said at the top of this section um for now we're gonna keep it bi-weekly potentially we'll go back to weekly since it's less hobbying in this format but you know what we're just gonna we're just gonna go for it so thank you for sticking with us thank you for coming back we love you yes and we're gonna see how this goes and yeah yeah, if you have any thoughts or input on that we would love to hear from you preferably if it's positive but either way yeah uh, i would only like to hear your positive feedback Um, (laughs) if you have any negative feedback you can send it to kate but uh, i'm not interested i'm sorry yeah email us but put for kate in the subject line so that you just (laughs) email us at friends with niche hobbies negative reviews at gmail we'll get back to you within 10 we'll send them to nebby (laughs) and she can eat them yeah she will yeah she'll love that all right jude what are you drinking i am drinking i tried it i'm drinking a dat juice from twin sales but as you can potentially see it has a fun rainbow label uh this is a fundraiser beer that is fundraising for the vancouver queer vancouver queer film festival and that brings people from bc together over the intersectional queer trans and two-spirited film art and community so they have a virtual annual festival on right now wow yeah but that juice citra pale ale crushable love it perfect yes. hot weather. truth what you drinking i saw a wine glass <laughs> so i'm drinking this rosé called pink poodle oh live dan and i walked to the liquor store and i bought some beer which was what i planned on drinking and then I saw this, and I worked in a liquor store for one summer. On packs on liquor bottles are like that extra gift you get that's mm-hmm. on the bottle. So it's not like a enter to win. It's like you buy it, you get this. So a lot of times it's like little tiny bottles of other liquors. A lot of times it's like glasses. This bottle, which was only $12, came with a scrunchie that has ah. pink poodles on it. Okay, deeply cute. Love it. Oh my God, it's going to look so cute with your uh, moto jacket. Oh my, this Come looks on. so cute. Though. Come on. Like so. A, like an updated pink lady. Right? Oh my god, yes. So this is like, it's made by Artera, which is like a big conglomerate, so whatever. But it's fine. And for $12, like it's a little sweeter than I normally have my rosés. But mm. honestly, I'm not mad at it. And yeah, yeah, it's fun. The biggest travesty, though, is we went to the liquor store and they were out of dog treats. And Nettie was. <gasps> no. The poor people who worked there, though, the one guy went and got her an ice cube and was like, here's an ice cube. And then she was still like, clearly like, no, where is my treat? And so they got the like container the treats are in and dumped the crumbs onto the floor for her. (laughs) She's still loved. She's still deeply loved. The one guy's like, do you want me to go buy treats? We're like, it's like, it's okay. So shout out to Cabs for your excellent dog customer service. Shout out to Cabs. Okay. Kate. Yes. What are we doing? surprise sort of so when we on our last episode we said we're gonna do household cleaners jokes on you we didn't i live in a hovel (laughs) (laughs) megan was like so stoked for the episode instead (laughs) instead we are doing farmers marketing what you say that doesn't sound like a hobby trust us it is and it's even better because it involves food generally so what is a farmer's market farmer's market is a physical retail marketplace intended to sell food directly by farmers to consumers aka farm to table often the phrase used farmer's markets may be indoors or outdoors and typically consist of booths tables or stands where farmers sell their produce live animals 
obviously less common in North America to see live animals at the farmer's market, plants, prepared foods, and beverages. Farmer's markets exist in many countries worldwide and reflect the local culture and economy. The size of the market may be just a few stalls or maybe as large as several city blocks, and due to their nature, they tend to be less rigidly regulated than retail produce shops. They're distinguished from a public market, which are generally housed in permanent structures open year-round and offer a variety of non-farmer, non-producer vendors, packaged foods, and non-food products, i.e. the public market on Granville Island. My section has two anecdotes. Here's my first one. When we were 14 and I think you would have been 11 at the time, we went to France for, and we lived in France for like three weeks, four weeks, yeah, whatever. A month-ish. We did like a house exchange with, I thought it was VRBO, but it's Verbo according to their commercials they now are suddenly doing. But it's vacation rental by owner. So we essentially swapped houses with a French family. So our parents swapped our house in the suburbs of Vancouver and we swapped with doctors who lived in a fancy mansion-y type house. Surgeons, not just doctors. Oh, surgeons. Surgeons. <laughs> and I think we may have discussed this house on the podcast before, but a quick like rundown. It was like full of antiques. It was definitely haunted. Anyway, farmers markets, like, so I'll mention this now. So I feel like the term like farmers market is quite Western because in a lot of parts of the world, it's just a market and you just, that's just normal. And that's what you do. Yeah. So in France, you go to the market and our parents took us to this market and it was like a full street. And they were like, okay, like you're old enough. All right, go explore the market meet us back in this spot in one hour and we're like great like I was 14 I was like super over no I would have been 15 then I would have been 12 you must have been 12 because I was was doing Alex at the time so anyway I was 15 we're like okay like that's fine I'm I'm old enough the point is that I can like make sure Jude doesn't die for one hour in a foreign country you're also old enough that you were so over hanging out with mom and dad for any oh also that that's an important piece and mom and dad clearly were over hanging out with me don't blame them (laughs) So we were walking and also first thing, like the market wasn't just this one street. It like branched off on like every other street. So it was like massive. It was a huge market. I'm amazed our parents still found us. None of us had cell phones. But the key was we're in Southern France. It was quite warm and we're there in August. And they sell everything at the market, including cheese. French cheese tends to be quite odorous. And so the market's very busy. And at one point, Judy and I got stuck in the crowd. There's like a jam right in front of the stinkiest cheese stall ever and it was so hot and it was like suffocating and cheese smell and it was just like oh my god like this is how it ends but other than that the market was lovely but yeah it was so busy and so big and mom and dad found some great stuff but yeah I just remember this it's still seared in my brain this like stinky cheese experience we had oh European oh European I just want to talk a little about why farmers markets are so important so this is actually a direct quote from the farmersmarketcoalition.org um, because I just thought they laid it out really well. Um, so behind the rows of produce, busy vendors, and eager customers, farmers markets are a bustling hub of sustainability. Local farmers deliver fresh local food to a growing number of shoppers demanding food that is not only healthy, but environmentally friendly. But farmers markets take sustainability a step further. They also ensure the farmers can make a living off sustainably grown food while providing an outlet where communities can find and purchase their products. Sustainability is the overarching theme in this system. Farmers engage in sustainable farming practices to produce healthy food to sustain the local community, who in in turn provide the farmers necessary money to sustain their farms. Each shares in the success of the other in a mutually beneficial relationship. 
Farmers who choose to use sustainable practices face a challenging economic climate dominated by large corporate farms. Many find they cannot compete with the massive volumes, low market prices, and government subsidies enjoyed by large operations. Farmers markets offer small and mid-sized farmers a low barrier entry point to develop and establish a thriving business free from the overhead necessary to sell in large retail outlets. But just as important, farmers markets create a space where the focus of food is on quality and farming practices rather than price alone. So I think that's really important. And my second anecdote is I have a degree in environmental studies from uh, UNBC, the University of North British Columbia. Part of my, and my degree specialty was global environmental citizenship. So looking at ways to be sustainable on a global scale. And one of them is a big one is food security. So food security is more or less like, I haven't looked up in a while, but like basically like, can your communities produce the food that you need if something happened? So like if global trade stopped, if there was a pandemic, et cetera, could your, where you live produce food? And typically in North America, the answer is no, because all our farming land has condos on it because it's also like nice and flat for condos. It's just a really interesting thing. So part, and part of my degree was doing a, um, what's it called? Like a internship, I guess you would call it. And I did it at a company called PG Perg or an organization, which was the PG, a Prince George Public Interest Research Group, which was on campus. And a lot of what they did was around food security. And part of the program that they put into place, one was a good food box. So every month or every week they had a box of like, you know, like one of those like farmer's boxes you can buy where it's like $25 or $50 and it's full of like whatever produce the farmer has that week. Um, and the other one was they actually had an on-campus campus farmer's market. So like a lot of universities that are newer, the university was is really far away from the city center. And so getting down to the farmer's market could be kind of a challenge for a lot of students. So by having it on campus, it was on a Wednesday, I think, it was in the morning, you gave students the opportunity to come and shop. And because it was right there, a lot of kids would want, a lot of students I mean, would wander through. So I actually helped work that. I worked some of the stalls for some of the farmers and it was really cool to see that connection for students with the farmers, particularly we had a lot of international students where they hadn't, you know, seen a lot of these veggies before. Also, you know, other people in my degree could meet with the farmers and be like, oh, I'm really interested in what you're growing, I'm really interested in what you're doing, what are your challenges? One of the guys I graduated with, it was really cool. And the farmer's market was a really, like a really nice sense of community, particularly in a university, which can be rather trans. So anyway, that's my segment on what a farmer's market is. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. I love it. Love it listed. Yeah, I was doing a little bit of reading. There's a lot of talk about too, especially in urban area where there are food deserts, the importance of farmer's markets as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I did history. I focused mostly on Northern America because I found this amazing research paper and, um, you know, it's first episode back. So did I read a 32 page research paper? Absolutely. Digging deeper. Digging deeper, getting into it. First (laughs) off, from this is from Hutrition, a brief introduction to farmer's market. This is just like general. The original farmer's market can be traced back to Egypt over 5,000 years ago. Farmers came along the Nile to sell their fresh produce. Bam. (laughs) North America. So (laughs) beautiful. And again, that's like outdoor, seasonal. The rest of this comes from Farmers Markets of North America, a literature review by Kim Sanderson, Michael Gertler, Diana Martez, and Ramesh Mahabir. Mahabir? In 2005. I apologize to everybody involved. (laughs) So first things first, all of the uh, conversations that we have about Farmers Market are in this case in regards to colonized North America. The main history of Farmers Markets we can find are coming from Europeans settling into settling and colonizing North America. There was no information about indigenous people markets or uh, farmers markets. So if there's some information, I would love to hear about it because I couldn't really find anything. But 
same thing though. I'm sure that there were markets. It's just like they weren't calling it farmers markets. Anyways, mm-hmm. the very first farmers market documented in North America was in the 17th century, and it focused on produce, dairy, meat, fish, and other produce for urban citizens. Remember, there weren't any grocery stores. Markets were often the only venue for food commerce within a city because they, because of the control that they afforded officials over conditions of trade. Early records from London, Ontario, suggest that the farmers market commercial importance was significant enough that the city's elite went to great lengths to control its location and operation. At that time, the market was a focal point of urban commerce, attracting people into the city center. In the 19th and 20th century, uh, the farmer's market worked as a food source and a meeting place between urban and rural peoples. So a lot of time, this was the one place that they could kind of get together, talk, sell their wares, and kind of connect about what was going on. Although these markets were profitable ventures, revenues from the markets received by public officials were generally used for unrelated municipal purposes, allowing the buildings that housed markets, if they were in off-seasons, or other areas to fall into disarray. Competition from growing number of private food suppliers, so got your grocery stores coming back, made it difficult to justify public funding for food markets, and these markets often did not receive professional management intentions that they needed to remain viable in an increasingly competitive food market. So in previous history, Officials actually paid, cities paid for farmers markets to exist and to run them. In the 50s and 60s, peoples began moving away from the rural life and more into an urban existence, and the importance of farmers markets as a focal point for commerce and interaction diminished. Improved roads and availability of high-speed transportation helped pave the way for the contemporary global economy. Literally. Literally. Literally (laughs) Over the past 50 years, the relationship between the food producer and the consumer has become quite distant. Mm-hmm. Uh, presently in the United States, food travels on average 1,300 miles and changes hands six times before it is consumed. In the 1970s, there began a renewed interest in the farmer's market that continues today. This was primarily focused on health and sustainability. In the United States, the number of farmer's markets increased by 63% over a six-year period from 1,755 in uh, 1994 to 2,863 in 2000. Uh, Although comparable statistics in Canada were not found, there were some places in 1998 that suggested similar revival occurred in Canada. In Alberta, the number of farmers markets registered with the Department of Agriculture and Food has grown from 16 in 1974 to 115 in 1998. Really interesting too, Two main things. One, like you were saying, quality of food. Generally, produce is a similar price in the farmer's market as it is to the grocery store, but better quality overall. And the second thing is, on average, based off of Ontario and uh, Albertan studies, people spend, again, on average, about $20 in the early 2000s at farmer's market. I'm sure that's gone up with inflation now, but that's just an interesting adjustment. So that is the history of Northern American farmer's market. Very cool. Very interesting. Gene touched on his history. You know, unfortunately, farmer's markets aren't really a priority for a lot of cities and for people, it it is, it can be a more expensive way to shop. Although Gene said the produce is generally similarly praised. Um, And it's just really, it's just a, a bit disheartening, I guess, for me to see how disrespected I guess farmers are when they work so hard and they like literally feed everyone and then I know people who own like for example an apple orchard and they like can't make any money because you know the packing house will pay them so little for their apples and they planted this type of apple because the government said they wanted it and then like after they'd all planted them the government's like actually just kidding we want this type of apple instead and they're like but we've already spent 
$200,000 planting this type of apple. They're like, oh, well, that sucks. Sucks to be you. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So anyway, farmer's markets are really important. Let's move on to what you need to go and do this hobby. <laughs> yeah. So burst a blood vessel in my forehead. So what you need is, first of all, you need to live in a place with a farmer's market. That's the big one. It's the big key. Most places tend to have them, but I'm sure there are some places that don't. So if you don't live somewhere with the farmer's market, maybe you have a farmer nearby who sells. I mean, there's some smaller places where they might not have a farmer's market. If you have farmers nearby, a lot of them will do like the, like an honor stand at the end of their driveway where it's like, you know, here's our produce. You put your $10 in and take whatever it is that you want for $10, that kind of thing. The second thing you need is transportation to said farmer's market. Uh, a lot of time they do try to make them relatively accessible location-wise. Uh, I know here in Kelowna, ours is like across from the mall, which is not like the, maybe the most picturesque, but obviously malls tend to be a pretty big transport hub, transit hub, I mean. So that's what's really nice. And then we also have like in the summer, a satellite one that's right downtown, which is also quite accessible. Generally, it's recommended that you bring cash with COVID. I don't know. I haven't been to the farmer's market lately. I went to the farmer's market during the height of COVID. Yeah. Um, and they, most places will have like square mm-hmm. or... But something to remember is that Square does take a cut of all of mm-hmm. their profits. So it is better for you to use cash for uh, for the small businesses in general. Yeah, especially if you're buying like a bag of carrots for $4. I know I've been with our mom and she's bought like a flat of strawberries for like or a couple flats of berries, I'd say for like $60. They're happy to take you on Square then because, but like, yeah, if you're, if you're just buying, or like the meat, people who sell like meat generally have the Square because meat's a higher yeah. ticket item. But yeah, if you're just Alcohol. buying some. Yeah, the alcohol vendors. Yeah, I'm, I don't know how common that, but in British Columbia, we can have alcohol vendors at our farmers markets. And again, that's a higher ticket item. Yeah. So, but yeah, bring cash if you can. And then the last thing is a reusable bag. So, you're already kind of being so sustainable. A lot of the vendors don't even have bags a lot of the time. Yeah. Or I recommend a reusable bag, whether it's just like your grocery bag that you got the reusable bag from the grocery store. Our mom has this beautiful bag. It has like one big pocket and then little pockets all around the outside. Oh, I love but, a bag. It's so good, but you don't need anything. You don't need something fancy like that. Like just whatever bag you have. I feel so like a backpack. If I was backpack, busing. yeah, a backpack, yeah. Especially if you're busing, that's a great idea. Or even like for me, I have those like plastic bins from Superstore, like that have a handle on them. Like that's a good one too, especially if you're buying like this time of year. Um, I'd be buying like berries and stuff. That's a nicer way to make sure they don't get squished. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all you need. Pretty low barrier, like item wise. Yeah. And now here are some tips from Canadian Living on how to make have a really successful farmer's market. So uh, first things first, shopping midweek markets is a great tip. There are some that only occur on weekends, which is totally cool. I live in Vancouver. There is basically a farmer's market every day during the summer. So the midweek <laughs> markets will generally have like less amount of people, uh, more products shown. Pardon me. Uh, showing up early. This makes sense. Early bird gets the worm. Those beautiful prices yeah. are going to go fast. Same as you're just saying, bring cash. Part of this is just being respectful to small businesses and, and trying to get, let them have as much profit as they can. Be a savvy shopper. Remember that there is not consistent pricings around the mm-hmm. farmer's market. So don't buy the first packets, basket of tomatoes you see. Check out what other places are doing, how it looks, if the pricing is better. Also, the savvy shopper thing is good too because sometimes like the first place, maybe they're at like the end of their strawberry crop and like this place has like fresher ones just because the farmers often come from kind of all over depending where you are they're not all from like the same little area and so one place might have strawberries that were more in season the other place and this place might have better berries in this place so definitely I would say worth doing a lap before you commit 
speaking of seasons, know your seasons and know what is currently in season. There are always greenhouses and they can do it, but you know that the best kind of produce is going to be the stuff that is in season right now. And pro tip, potatoes are always in season. They can keep for uh, like two years or something insanely like that. Yeah. Bring your own bags. Like Kate was saying, most places don't even have bags for you to use. So bring something to carry your stuff home in. Buy in bulk. This is not going to be available for everyone. I remember when I lived in my weird hippie house, we went to the farmer's market and we would buy flats and flats of produce. Um, you get a good deal on it, like a really yes. good deal. And yeah. they're really high quality. Uh, talk to farmers. Uh, they know a lot about what they're doing. They have a lot of interest in what there is. They're happy to talk to you. You can get great deals on it. Like, talk to them. They are experts in their <laughs> field. Uh, <laughs> try something new. You're going to see some stuff at the farmer's market that you haven't normally seen. That's because probably they can't sell it in large quantities to grocery stores or it's just yeah. a nicer item. Try gooseberries. Oh my gosh, gooseberries. So good. But like, really try something new. Purple potatoes. There's lots of great stuff. Yeah, and for me, like I was saying, my friend who owns an apple farm, or his family owns an apple farm, they have these um, apples called Aurora Golden Galas, and they don't travel super well, so they end up in, like, juice. You never see them at the grocery store, but I went and picked apples at his farm once. He invited me to come, and they're our dad's favorite apple, and Mr. Dixon, let me tell you, is particular about an apple, and he was like, these are the greatest apples ever, and yeah, they like you would never see them anywhere else, but they're so delicious. So yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. Definitely, um, try something new. And if you don't know what it is, like gooseberries, like the farmers are almost always happy to be like, "This is how I would cook it," or "This is how you eat it," or "Here's a recipe." It's it's really um, a, it's the perfect opportunity because if you're at like Savon and you want to buy gooseberries, the kid working there probably is like, "I don't know mm. what this is." So <laughs> recommend. Absolutely, and finally. Uh, look for reward plans. Farmers markets want you to come there. This is super cute. The Vancouver Farmers Market has the beef steak potato membership. Uh, <laughs> you can get special deals from deals from farmers. It's normally a really low cost to buy membership, like two to five dollars, mm-hmm. and you're able to support the farmers market as a whole. And those are the people, mostly volunteers, that are actually keeping yeah. the wheels on the bus and making sure that everybody is organized and everything runs smoothly. And some farmers markets have like a almost like a co-op program. I don't know if that's the same thing, but yeah, you're like, you get, um, it's like $5 maybe to be a part of it. And you get either like first crack at certain things or whatever it is, you're at least you're, you're supporting something that's really important. And it is unfortunate that our government doesn't really support them that much anymore. I mean, I'm sure there's like grants and stuff, but yeah, definitely. Call cool. your local representative. Yes. Those are very excellent tips. Uh, one thing about just showing up early, weirdly, I feel like bread is one of the first, I don't know, at, yes. at least in Kelowna, bread is like the first thing to sell out. Oh yeah. Like it's the so mor- warm and fresh in the morning and you could smell it. Yes. Like, I went with our mom once and the like, bread place had bread still and she was like, oh my, and she just like beelined and was like, I'll take, like she took like one of everything that she wanted because she's like, oh my gosh, they're always sold out. And I was like, I love mom. Hey, it brings me great joy that this place sells out every day because they deserve it. But also, yeah, who doesn't love bread except you when he's trying to make it? Throwback to whatever episode that was. So good. Farmers are bad. Ten out of ten. Right, dude. Do, do you want to lead us into our vibe? Well, I was gonna, are you going to finish up the last sentence? I kind of said it already. But anyway, that's it. This hobby is low barrier. As long as you live close to market, you can do it. Even if you only have like ten dollars yeah. in your wallet. I'm sure you can find something. And even if you don't find like produce, there's usually like really cool local, like a coffee roaster. You can get a coffee or something. Uh, I think it's also a cute date idea. Not that I date. I've been on the market for over a decade, I but mean, you know. 
It seems like a good idea. <laughs> you can still take your husband on a date to the market. I mean, like a first you date though, because it's like in public, oh. so like the murder potential is quite low. But also, you get, and you get to see like it ticks all the boxes that I've learned that are important, thanks to like mainly TikTok and your experience. But like you find out like <laughs> how they do with like other people, how they treat like people they're buying stuff from, yeah. what whether or not you agree about what vegetables are good and which fruits are good, because that's also important. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, and it is. It's a, it is a fun thing to do with your friends. It's a fun thing to do with your partner. It's a fun thing to do. I go with our parents sometimes. Like we go to farmer's market, then we go for lunch. Like it's a, it's a thing and you're doing good more or less because you're supporting, you're supporting local in a super tangible, very like concrete way. You're not just like, yeah. oh, I bought like locally. It's like, no, I literally bought from the farmer. They picked this this morning. Yes. Amazing. Love it. So let's move into an organic, locally produced, supporting small businesses vibe check. Caitlin, experience level, thoughts, feelings, what's going on? So this is one of those like rare unicorn hobbies that we've both have done before. Mm-hmm. But I'm very excited. And I think it's really important to bring attention to this. Um, I have very rarely been to the Kelowna Farmer's Market, to be honest. It's kind of out of the way. And for a long time that we've lived here, a Friday night was a night. And so I'm not going to get up at 9 a.m. to the farmer's market. By the time I remember, it's farmer's market time. It's like noon. It closes at one. It's like, eh. So my experience level with markets in general is pretty good. We've been going to them for a long time. Our mom, we've talked about before, very into sustainability. She does a lot of farmer's marketing. So we grew up with that sort of actually near the end. Obviously, I worked one at Prince George. Um, and then the one here in Kelowna is really nice. And I do enjoy going there. But yeah, I haven't been in a long time. And I'm actually, I'm really excited to to do this hobby. I have sort of gotten into canning. I canned some cherries the other day. Ooh. Our friends, they brought us some sour cherries. So the cherries you see, like those big, dark red ones are Bing cherries. And sour cherries were kind of came before. So they're a little bit smaller. They're bright red, like maraschino cherry red. Nice. sober and they are very they taste Dan said they taste like sour cherry candy so they gave us a huge bag and so we are they actual eat- cherries or are you gonna get poisoned and die anymore no i always trust feed me i don't trust plan events that we do that's the key he we love mushrooms from him too if we're gonna die we would have died by the mushrooms a long time ago right <laughs> it's true so <laughs> the cherries are a low risk Cheers really good. They're tasty, but we didn't have it. Like they gave us so many, we didn't have time to eat them all. So I did two jars of sour cherry gin. That's like marinated. Yeah. And then um, three of like um, sour cherries, like in syrup, but like it was super last minute. So they're not like cute. And I don't know if they're going to be good. The <laughs> gin I'm confident in though. Yeah. But anyway, I want to try some more canning. And so I want to see if I can get like some, um, pickling cucumbers and some other stuff for that because we have a lot of produce on our patio but we can supplement it with some stuff with some I mean so I'm really excited to go and like really go to the farmer's market with like an intention like the only time I've ever really been there is like oh this is nice oh let's get a coffee oh maybe I'll buy like this bottle of gin uh not really with like I want like x y and z so I'm excited that I think this is my first experience personally where I'm shopping with intention at a farmer's market which is good yeah what about you very similar. Obviously, we grew up together. Love a farmer's market, but generally, I am not the like person making decisions. Before it was mm-hmm. mom, now it's Megan. 
and normally I'll just like I end up I end up blowing a ton of money in front of my pocket, like sixty bucks. It's because I'm buying like alcohol, yeah. fun kinds of hummus. Like, I really don't. You're right. I don't have a lot of plans, and then I'll buy like maybe a bunch of carrots and stuff. So I'm really excited to do that. I also want to, and I will talk talk about it later. At some point in 2022, I want to do a month where I make every single meal from scratch for that month. So this is like a fun build up. I'll do it yeah. with you. Yeah. I would love to do that with you to, to be like truly. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to go and sort of take some um, some chances and get better at that because right like my cooking skills are quite basic. I'm fine with a recipe, but I'm not like I don't have a good. I made salads yeah. a lot when Kate and I were supposed to make dinner together. She made the dinner and I made salad. Um, so I'm excited to do it with purpose. I have had experience with mom. I also, when I lived in my weird hippie commune, we would do bulk shopping there. But again, I was normally just there to like be muscle essentially to carry yes. around flats and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to shop with intention and I'm really excited to kind of, my goal is to try and get the most amount of food for the least amount of money. Um, I like that. I like that angle. Yeah. I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and do a couple of farmer's markets. I'll try to do the $20 and see what I can make with that and how long I can go with it. Love it. Yeah. All right. So next episode, as we mentioned at the top, in two weeks, we will discuss our experiences, what we got, and then what we did with it. So did I get pickling cucumbers and make pickles? We'll find out. I love pickles, by the way, so I'll be devastated if this doesn't come to fruition. How did you do with this $20 budget? Yeah all this and more in two weeks thank you for listening and thank you again for coming back we will do our very best to not disappear again but life happens we appreciate your patience mm-hmm. for more information for links or to support the show go to friendsthesehobbies.com follow us on social media at friends with hobbies on facebook instagram and uh tiktok oh my goodness sorry um, and if you have any hobby you would like us to try if you have positive feedback about our new template uh, or <laughs> our layout um email us at friends with niche hobbies podcast at gmail.com please subscribe and review tell a friend it helps us a lot we flourish with attention and praise um yes. so the the more that you give build us up the more we will post patreon thank you so much to all of our patreons kate i said kate yeah <laughs> dave and liz we do appreciate you sticking around if you'd like to check out our patreon check it out through our website thank you so much we love you. Be rad to each other. Uh, quick, no, I haven't asked you about this yet, Jude, but I was thinking for our patrons, we're going to try to upload some more inform- material, and so I'm thinking uh, for our patrons, we will upload a video about what we got at the farmer's market. Our farmer's oh, market yeah. Hall. A reveal. So if you want to see, we'll obviously talk about it next time, but if you want to see it, you want to see how, like, quaint and quote-unquote ugly our farmer's market produce is or what we ended up getting, um, follow us on Patreon. I think it's, what, $3 a month? Four dollars. Four dollars a month. So it's like basically nothing, and you support us, and we love you extra for it. Yeah, you're paying for treats for Debbie. And now, a yes. drum for my incredibly out of tune ukulele. It's been a minute. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you ready? And as Dan so poetically put it, you could crawl into your own butthole and be cooler, <laughs> which is like weird. So only <laughs> I feel. My uh, my coworkers got a uh, a look at Dan wandering around shirtless a couple times, but <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, they need something to spice up their day. Their last team leader, their boyfriend, showed up naked in front of the camera once. So. What? <laughs> by accident. By accident. Well, was... I figured it was by accident. <laughs> yeah, but it was like it was just a really bad situation where like she was sitting on the call and then she had a mirrored pillar behind her and on the opposite side, her boyfriend was walking from the bedroom to the bathroom. 
and didn't realize that there was a in that so. 80s that 80s architecture will get you every time <laughs> you're just like uh whatever it's that's that's the jude vibe which He's is fine. here bye bye